0: Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. Rough <laughs> Trade Radio.
1: Rough Trade Radio.
0: Rough
1: Trade Radio. Is it radio. Rough Trade Radio? Rough Trade
0: Radio. Rough Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. quid for the lot.
1: We pay. Call, Hi, hello everyone. I'm Sam. Uh, just with Stuart Braithwaite of Mugwife. Uh, just in a Right in the centre of Rough Trade East right now, ahead of their uh, live Q&A they're going to do for us um, in uh, in an hour or so's time. Um, so, Stuart, really appreciate you guys coming down. Um, I know you, it was uh, an early train ride from Scotland for you, so uh, yeah, it's much appreciated. Really looking forward to hearing you uh, talk about the new album on stage, and we'll do a little bit of that now as well, if that's all right. Um, so, um, yeah, so you've chosen six records for us. Yep. Um I guess uh, we'll just dive straight into the first one. Um, uh, so yeah, you've chosen a live Bowie album. It's um, the uh, track's "Word on a Wing." Uh, what's the What's the story behind that one?
2: Well, I've not heard this record, but yeah, as I was saying earlier, I'll, I kind of generally think if someone's bothered to put something on a vinyl, it must be pretty decent. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm a huge Bowie fan, and this is um, from probably my favourite era. It's uh, Station to Station um Era and the songs "Word on a Wing," which is one of my favorite songs, or in one of my favorite Bowie records. Yeah, I really love. Yeah, he kind of kicks off, kind of starts, kind of really, really going for it in a kind of semi-operatic style. It's pretty yeah. incredible, like
1: in he, like he did so well, yeah, live as well. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So here it is, Bowie. Word on a Wing.
0: scheme of things in the stage of grand illusion.
1: Okay, so that was uh, the first track chosen by Stuart, uh, Bowie Word on a, Word on a Wing uh, from the Live Nassau album. Um, so, um, obviously, I want to get onto the subject of the new album, which came out yesterday. Um, so, after a surprise launch of it at Primavera, which I was at, by the way, which oh, was really? very exciting, yeah. Um, how did that feel to get before you went on stage for something like that? Just for like a surprise launch? Must have been high energy.
2: It was terrifying, <laughs> to be totally. It was terrifying on loads of levels. There was the kind of trying to remember how to play all these songs we'd never played before yeah, level. Was,
1: a, was the first live performance, right? Of... Yeah, of everything. Yeah, so it was yeah. like
2: 11 songs we'd never played before. Wow. That was scary. And then about half an hour before we played, the we suddenly had the extra level of fear of, what if no one comes? This is going to be...
1: <laughs> oh, like that would happen But hour, right, no there,
2: w- there was no Half an hour before There was no one there So like it oh, actually really? was like Shit this place is totally empty And we're like We're just gonna look like tall like, <laughs> Ideas Like Oh it's such a big deal Here's our new songs And like A dog Turning up <laughs> to hear it or something. But it was fine Yeah, yeah people yeah. showed up It was all good
1: Yeah I remember I saw it on uh, Twitter And I was a bit I was an hour or two late and I, and I was like Right I need to get down there I need to get down there And yeah It was well worth all the rushing It was a great way to hear an album for the first time and kind of knowing you're sort of one of the first people to hear it in that sort of setting as well it's like it's really special yeah oh thanks
2: man yeah it was a funny one too like our our booking agent who we kind of got a good long relationship with like he didn't know we were playing it in the right order he was like and we'd sent him the songs just as random mp3s or whatever and he was like Ah, wow, the set list worked really well. We're like, no, that's it. That's that's the album. That's the <laughs> that's how it starts and finishes. So, no, it was good. It, it gave us a bit of confidence as well going into the record coming out because yeah, people did like it and 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 yeah, I think it went well. It wasn't our idea. They actually asked us to do it. Oh, really? Yeah, we needed to be persuaded to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm glad you did. Very glad you did it. Um, so, uh, just on the album, uh, I just heard a story about the album title that it was. Uh, there's a story behind it. Is that true?
2: Yeah, I mean, most of our songs, are, as people probably have noticed, are kind of ridiculous and come from kind of just random things people say or stories or something. And and yeah, the story behind this was this person we know who's going to go unnamed didn't know that the sun was a star. I right. thought that the reason it was a different temperature in every country was because of... Um, every there was a different one everywhere right okay. like i don't know like they thought like the existence was like a tv show or so i mean it's really weird but um yeah but it also is, it's it's kind of got a nice message it kind of seems kind of pretty kind of universal and yeah um, yeah we're all it's a it's kind of borderline happyish yeah yeah we need yeah. to check ourselves it's, this, <laughs> it's
1: quite a nice logic in it as well yeah. even you know even yeah from that sense as well so yeah it's nice okay so um we go on to track two then. Um, so this is um, Sexual Objects. Uh, what's the track you've chosen?
2: Yeah, it's the song called Sometimes, and it's the remix, but by Boards of Canada. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that I really despise other people doing, but I'm gonna drop some names here. <laughs> but uh, I was getting a train through Edinburgh the other day and actually met Davy from Sexual Objects and Fire Engines and When and all that stuff and. If anyone ever meets Davey, you need to just talk to him because he's one of the most entertaining, cool, positive, enthusiastic dudes ever. And he was telling me all about this remix and he actually like got his phone out and played it to me. Oh, wow. Yeah, because he was just telling me what what he'd been up to and like he knows I'm a Big Boards of Canada fan and he's he's pretty good friends with him and like he was telling me about going and visiting them in the studio and... Amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I'm a big Boards fan too, yeah. and I know them a bit, but I don't know them well enough to go and visit their studio. And I, and, I, and it must have been a pretty cool thing. And Davey was excited about it, and he played me and was telling me all about them. How long they took They spent a long time on this, you know. I think they're they're really precious. Yeah. About the music they put they put out.
1: Yeah, I could it. imagine so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: And um, yeah, it was cool. And then he played me, and it's awesome. And then yeah i saw the 10 inch out there and i was thinking yeah
1: yeah gotta play it it's really great give some love yeah great brilliant okay so here it is uh sexual objects balls of canada sometimes remix which is out on a 10 inch you Okay, so that was the Sexual Objects Boards of Canada remix. Uh, the song sometimes uh, it's on the 10 inch that uh, came out um, a couple of weeks back now. It's still, still very new and it's a great, great track. So I'm very glad you chose that. So uh, we've been playing it a lot in the shop and really enjoying it. So, um, so uh, I just wanted to talk a bit about um, some of the tracks on the new album. One track in particular, "Part in the Dark," which I'm sure you've been asked this quite a lot. It's obviously um, you yourself have described it as the closest thing to a straight ahead rock song you've ever done um is this a sign is that a sign of things to come or is it just um you guys sort of trying to experiment a bit more in terms of what you've done previously or
2: i mean to be honest we we don't really we don't really think <laughs> about anything we're just going to do it and see how it comes out yeah and that that song had a really had a real pop structure but it was just chords i mean that's kind of and that that tends to be a rule we'll put vocals on something if it just sounds like a bunch of chords yeah so yeah i think rather than kind of shy away from the fact it was pretty pop we just kind of ran with it so it it kind of really reminded me of the chills or wire or something like that i don't know if
1: i actually ended up like that but that you can hear that and there's there's a lot of dinosaur junior in there you don't mind me saying no 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 amazing amazing group so
2: yeah i mean yeah and i mean have probably heard that the B side of it is a straight up dinosaur yeah, junior yeah. rip off. Like yeah, it, w- it was actually the working title was Dinosaur Senior. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, I'm obsessed with Dinosaur, and I'm really into <laughs> skateboarding, and yeah. like Dinosaur are in so many skate videos. So like, and they're one of my favorite bands. So I've just been kind of thinking about Dinosaur all the time. And
1: yeah, yeah, you must have liked the um, this is very skateboarding specific, but the uh, Alien Workshop Minefield video, yeah. the uh, yeah, the totally. Omar Salazar part at the start. Yeah. He's one of my favorite skateboarders, and when he had two dinosaur junior tracks, wasn't it like one yep. after the other for the whole thing? It was like brilliant. Was one of my favorite bits of like skateboarding video ever. It's yeah, I love it.
2: It's kind of weird. It's weird when something that you already know really well is in a skate park yeah. because you yeah. watch it over and over. It kind of, it's kind of, yeah, it's pretty psychedelic. Yeah. And yeah. that is an amazing, the Alien Workshop video is amazing. Oh, it's really, brilliant, really,
1: yeah, brilliant. real landmark, that one. I, yeah, I loved it. Um, okay, cool. So um, what are we on? Track three now. Um, so track three, you've chosen um, Hugh Lazarus' Goodbye Horses, the album. Um, what's the track that you've chosen from here? And you
2: know, um, well, I was just going to play the, the single edit, because I mean, I, I've i not heard these other versions of it. There's a couple of demos and some other songs with demos. I, I just know the song, and... and I kind of know it from a couple of things um optimal the club in glasgow they play it quite a lot yeah I know it from my kind of optimal sunday night Raven days and also it's in um silence of the lambs yeah it's yeah an amazing film and yeah i love i, I love when s- songs kind of get into your consciousness through different ways and and i kind of i kind of love Weird, obscure. Because I think this was a bit of an obscure song. I I don't know if it was a big hit. It's a bit before my time, but I don't. It wasn't like a big kind of Human League type hit or something. It was pretty underground. But I mean, it's it's an incredible song. So
1: I think it's always nice when you get a a certain record and it really reminds you of a certain time. You know, like you said, yeah Optimo days and stuff like that. Yeah, it's real, real sort of. It's what really gets a record into into your head, I think. It's like that.
2: It's a good one to be reissued as well because I actually remember looking at buying it the original yeah. and it was like 300 quid or something just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just absolutely insane yeah, that yeah
1: ridiculous money but yep so reissue-
2: that's good that it's been reissued too
1: yeah great okay here it is so that was uh hugh lazarus um goodbye horses the single edit uh from the 12 inch that it got reissued it comes with it's got uh two demos two demo versions of goodbye horses and then tears of fear demo transformation demo and love dance demo so very nice 12 inch that one just a little bit more on the new album cause obviously it is at the, end of the day it's while we're here uh, it just came out yesterday um so some uh, i've I've read some speculation on the themes of the album. You know, it's like—is it a product of the—you know—the probably, frankly, crazy political landscape of you know, especially over the last three years, and obviously mm-hmm. Scotland's had their more than their fair share of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, would you agree with that? Is the album—is it like a product of that? Have you? Did you purposely set out to kind of try and capture that in the record, or is it just—it just happened naturally like that?
2: It's a weird one because we just tend to just get completely kind of immersed in making a record. And then we think about all this other stuff once it's done. But I definitely think that, yeah, it was traumatic. I think like we were just recovering from all the kind of turmoil around the the Scottish referendum and then the the Brexit thing, which I don't think anyone really expected. And then Trump, which no one expected, apart from really terrible people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So. It just seemed kind of brutal, and it was that kind of thing where you didn't want to like look at the internet or open a newspaper. Everything was really, really heavy and stressful and, and not nice. And then we were making this, uh, writing and recording this record at the same time. So I, I kind of think that the record became a bit of a kind of refuge. Seems a bit kind of extreme, but it, it was a bit a way of escaping all this other stuff that was going on. And I kind of think you can hear that a bit. It's quite a, it's quite a for our standards quite a cheerful kind of record.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I do I find it quite quite an uplifting record actually. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't found any of music previously uplifting in any, but it's it's very a very uplifting record, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. find. Yeah. So I
2: mean it wasn't like a purposeful theme or anything, but I definitely think it kind of works on that level and that probably played a part in it.
1: Yeah. And how was it so you recorded the record, it was in you recorded in America, right, this one? Yeah. Casadega. Yep. How was that? So yeah, I read you were uh, pretty much in the middle of nowhere, just like like you said. Obviously, you're immersed in it. And uh-huh. I guess that helped kind of it become that buffer between yeah all this horrible stuff that's going on in the world and trying to you know make a record. And how was yeah. so how was that doing it? It was great. It,
2: there? it was great. I mean, we'd made a couple of records there before. Years ago, we made "Come On Die Young" and "Rock Action" there. So we hadn't been there for a long time. Yeah, but it was nice going back. And we're Dave's such a welcoming, lovely guy dave Fredman, and yeah it was good it felt a bit weird because we're kind of going back as a 40 year old having last been there when i was like 23 so yeah. it's, a, it's a big difference but it, it felt like kind of going back to like a family member's house or something like that was really nice
1: yeah i of. had it had it changed much in those years since since you were, you were there last or was it it felt like almost like home still
2: yeah it felt pretty much the same i mean it's it's bigger i mean dave's dave's done really well so he's like built another big building so there's an extra place an extra whole building joined onto it which like is on two floors and like the top floor has got all the flaming lips weird equipment and the bottom floor is like another studio which is where we did like the vocals and yeah some of the some of the drums and stuff like that so it's changed a bit but it's pretty much the same yeah the town and everything's the exact same. Really? Yeah, like the exact same.
1: It must be nice to, yeah, to go back somewhere and it'd be exactly yeah. how you remembered it yeah, in totally. a good way. So No gentrification. Yeah. <laughs> 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 One of the few places on earth that hasn't, yeah. hasn't been gentrified. I think yeah. so, um, okay, so uh, we're on to number four. Um, if you, yeah, if you can go ahead and let us know.
2: Yeah, this is uh, Arvo Part, who's a... Uh one gets right an estonian composer i'm pretty sure if he's not i am sorry to whichever nation he is from but he's an amazing kind of modern classical composer a lot of his songs are, are songs pieces i guess they are, are kind of religious pieces and there's a lot of kind of big choirs but this is this is an orchestral one i think i'm not sure exactly who's playing it but it's quite often like kind of Viola and piano, but it might depend. I've not actually heard this record, but yeah, his music's incredible. It's kind of atonal, not in a tuneless way, but it kind of uh, shifts scale constantly. And yeah, people have probably heard this. It's it's used in a lot of um, cinema and that kind of thing. Okay, it's probably where I first actually I don't where I first heard his music, but it's incredible. Really, really great.
1: Uh, so here it is so it's Avo part and the uh piece is frat fratres uh symphony number no. three So that was Arvo Part, Um piece is called Fratres. Um, I've probably pronounced that completely wrong, but yeah, i probably did. tried my best. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I just want to talk about, you. so you're about to embark on a world tour. Um, it's taking you through, through Europe, through the US, back to London for a day, and then finishing in Glasgow for obvious reasons. Um, but you toured Atomic in America. It was recently, it was January this year, right? Yeah. Pretty much the whole of January you were out there yeah. touring the Atomic soundtrack. Um what do you find different about playing a soundtrack work live compared to what you'd expect from playing the new album or sort of previous co- sort of Mogwai albums as opposed to soundtracks? Um, Is there a difference? Is it... Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, there's definitely especially Atomic because it's so heavy. It's so, and it felt really kind of poignant as well, doing it in America with, with Trump being elected and people being genuinely scared about this madman maybe just dragging them into some other pointless war so it kind of it felt really poignant yeah and and personally it's a very different experience because no one's looking at us they were looking at the film so we were just kind of sitting in the dark just sitting playing playing as well as we can but it's also very precise because it's got to match up exactly to what's happening on the screen so it it feels it's a lot more clinical and it's i mean it it, yeah it's a different experience like people i think would 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 find it pretty different from us just playing a normal rock show.
1: Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. And like you say, if you're having to match up to what's mm-hmm. happening on the screen as well, it must be quite involved in a way that just to get it all to everything lined up with yeah. that and Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um okay, so we're on to what are we up to now, number five. Um yeah, I'll let you go ahead and introduce this one.
2: Yes, yeah, is La Dusseldorf, which is um one of the groups the that, that came out of the band Noi. Yes, Michael Rother went on to, to play with, like, Harmonia and do his own solo stuff. And then Klaus Dinger, the other half, Annoy, went on to do La, D- La Dusseldorf, which made some really, really great records. And um, this is from a 10-inch singles compilation. And this is, um, yeah, the song, the same name as the band, La Dusseldorf. It's classic krautrock rock jam.
0: Shit. Sure, sure. sure.
1: so that was La Dusseldorf uh, from 10 Inch Singles compilation uh, yeah as Stuart said the track is uh, same name as the band, La Dusseldorf um, okay so um, just as we touched on the, the Atomic soundtrack um, briefly um, before that last track um, so after numerous soundtracks and some stuff sort of for documentaries, some TV um, something, some stuff kind of in between the two like the, the Zidane film which was amazing, the soundtrack was great um, I remember that coming out. Um, I worked in a record shop at the time as well, and I remember playing it. I really, really liked it, and, um, and the film itself was brilliant as well. I never really seen a certainly something football related that it was anything like that, and it was quite refreshing mm-hmm. the whole thing. Um, but on the on the soundtrack note, is there like a film, or old, classic, cult classic that you wish you'd soundtracked, or you'd like to go back and soundtrack it's, again? It's, it's
2: kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird question because it kind of implies that we could do a better job than whoever's soundtracked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I I'll tell you one right now cuz I've not I've not seen it yet. Okay. Cuz and I'm sure the soundtrack will be amazing, but I really would have loved to have done the new Blade Runner film.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, like, amazing, yeah. I think that's the kind of film for me sort of looking forward to that. It would be like you know, the soundtrack's going to be such a big part of it as yeah. well. It's and, and really it will be, set the tone of the film, in a way.
2: And it'll be brilliant. I mean, it's Jonathan Johansson. He's amazing. So, I yeah. mean, it, it will be brilliant. But that that was one that when I heard about them making, I was like, oh, yeah, we could, could we b- it, bust yeah. out some synths on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, we, yeah. We, we could definitely, like... Do something for some sad, sad dying <laughs> robots that would <laughs> tick a lot of boxes.
1: <laughs> very good choice, very good choice. <laughs> like, very good to choose a film you haven't seen as well. So, it's an interesting take on it, yeah.
2: Yeah, because I, I mean, people have said that before, and you're kind of like almost going to see 2001 A Space Odyssey or something. Yeah,
1: and you're yeah, like, yeah, we're not
2: going to do a better job than that. It's, no, like, no, <laughs> it's yeah. amazing, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. new played it, be yeah, it'd be, yeah, very. I'm looking forward to that a lot. It's going to be on that i think yeah Like i think they like say the soundtrack is gonna be such a mm-hmm. such an important part of that as well so yeah I'll be good. yeah great choice so we're on to our last track uh number six um so i'm just gonna actually let this one play out so i'm just gonna say thanks again for coming coming down um about to go on stage in, a, in about an hour or so to do A, Q&A, talk about the new album sign some records for people and um yeah we really appreciate appreciate you coming into london and, and doing that we're, yeah very happy to have have you here? and thanks for having us. Yeah,
2: thanks so much for having us. Then, it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Thanks for the very varied, interesting choices as well. It's really, yeah, really good to sort of pick your brain in a way and see what you would, you know, what you'd pick for someone like this. So yeah, yeah it's brilliant. So um I'll let you do the honors and introduce the last, the last one. Yeah, and I think from that we'll just let it play out because it's one of my favorite records and favorite tracks from this artist as well. But I'll leave the introduction up to you.
2: Yeah, this is um, Brian Eno with the title track from his album Here Come the Warm Jets, which might actually be his debut album, is
1: it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, which is I'm gonna pretty. I'm going say it is, yeah. Yeah,
2: and if it's not, sorry Brian. But um, yeah, it's amazing. It's just a real, it's a real simple song. It just has really just one melody going through it, but different elements coming, coming in and out probably. You probably... Busted out his uh mad deck of cards. What are they called again? What are they called? Do you know oh, what I'm talking about? No. Oh you don't? <laughs> oh there's this Oh, you should you should get them and sell them here. He has these cards and like um like it'll just have some like musical command, like uh play an instrument that you cannot play. okay. Or like record the sound of someone running or so, uh, something okay. like that. And it's oh,
1: like man. a way to sort of make you yeah you to make something that you yeah, wouldn't yeah, have made yeah. otherwise. Yeah.
2: And I can't for the life of me remember what they're called. They're called something like, yeah, Google it, Google it, Google it.
1: We're going to find out uh, Oblique Strategies. Yeah, right? there we yeah, go. Yeah. yeah, I knew it all along Oblique <laughs> Strategies.
2: Yeah, there was, there was a set of them in Dave Friedman's studio that we never even did anything with, but they look pretty cool. So yeah. yeah, so it's Here Come the Warm Jets. It's a absolutely amazing song by a bona fide genius. Yep. yep. Enjoy. <laughs>
0: Trade Radio
1: Nick Mulvey, wake up now. Available in store and online at roughtrade.com.